Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. We do welcome you back to Wonderfully Weird Living. I am John Waters, your host, and joining me, pastor, author, speaker, Drake Hunter. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and, and let me say hello, but with a different tone this morning. It's an interesting time uh, right now, as uh, you and I have been talking about here before we started recording. Of course, the last, uh, I'll say week has been uh, an incredibly interesting ride. Um, the last 24 to 48 hours in particular with yes. the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, situation going on. Yes, and with a sense of responsibility, of course, in our our position, uh, where we're at today is has is, is been extremely interesting, but with a lot of opportunities uh, and uh, on both sides of, of that particular discussion. So yes, uh, very interesting uh, time. Uh, now, I would call it chaotic time, or better yet, can we even say wartime? Hey, we are in the uh, we're in Jesus's army, and this is w really where the rubber meets the road. And so uh, now coming together in the sense of our words and also being a witness in this time uh, is uh, actually probably a little bit more significant uh, in the sense of how we are going to speak towards this situation and truly be a witness for God in the sense of that praiseworthiness and that ex uh, that excellent position that uh, we are to. Uh, truly go after in the sense of the essence of the, the spirit and all, everything that that involves. Well, without a doubt, it's times like this when people who uh, maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, yes. maybe don't know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, begin looking for answers and looking toward uh, Christians yes. to say, okay, you've been telling me you have the answers, do you really? Right, uh, and with your words, and, and we need to reason that, uh, but also with our essence, uh, also with our, as we talked a little bit, with our senses and how we are actually dealing with some of these emotions that we're all experiencing on one side or or, or the other again with uh, what that is all about. So yes, uh, you know, this is a time that does awaken people. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever your worldview might be, uh, and it, it brings a new awareness, especially when death is so pre uh, prevalent, uh, it, it's going to kind of force you in, in that sense. You can live in denial or pre uh, perhaps, excuse me, avoid it. But uh, the majority, though, you're going to wake up to this because your habits, uh, your normal routine, it's all interrupted. And because of that, that that requires us to wake up and say, okay, what truly matters? Uh, and then, of course, with those who are, let's say, dysfunctional in their in their worldview, and you never know until you get here, going, okay, uh, what is worldview? What is philosophy? Well, we know the Christian God, the Father, is the one that put that in place in the sense of we are truly created in the image of God, uh, and that uh, we are to come together. Uh, in the sense of what this is all about uh, with proper 
with a proper model in place, and of course that's Jesus for the Christian uh, in these different uh, times, so that we can truly be fruitful and multiply goodness during these times, mm -hmm. so that we can truly be that proper perspective, uh, we can say worldview perhaps, or even that philosophy, without even going to theology quite yet, except right. for that perspective in the sense of we have been created in the image of God with an intelligent being who is truly the creator above all and has done all of life, if, if you think about it. Well, one of the hurdles, I guess, maybe that we have to be aware of uh, in using discernment is uh, coming back to judge not. Yes. And uh, being careful that we understand that not everybody thinks the same way we do. Right. And different people come from different perspectives, right. different worldviews, to use right. the term you just used, right. and to um, uh, to allow for that as we serve and minister to people. You know that command Jesus gave us, "Judge not." That's misinterpreted often, but in the in the gut of what that truly means is having the discipline to listen. Right. To listen, and that's exactly what you were sharing. To listen uh, to to both the, let's say, the objective side of the, the conversation as well as the subjective, that's opinions perhaps, but then having the ability to discern. But you have to listen before you can discern, and, and if you're following that command properly in any situations or circumstance or relationship, then you have a discipline uh, that we're not allowing biases, prejudice, or even what our instincts are telling us what to do because we have self-control. And then what we're going to do is judge not. And, and then, and that's so important because that particular command allows us not to take things personally. Right. Uh, because if there's one thing that we understand that causes a lot of chaos is when one individual takes it let's say personally, whatever it is, and then they're pervasive with their opinions uh, and they're not listening and then they start throwing that out there uh, similar to the, the virus, right, or cancer where mm -hmm. now what you're saying is not adding value, you're actually causing a little bit more fear and misery and suffering. Well, that is not our position anywhere. So this is a great time to begin practicing how to listen and, and that takes uh, intentionality. And, and, and that means listen, that means stop the voices in your head and don't wait for somebody to, to just stop so you can say what you need to say. Listen. Then, uh, and you and I, this is where the mature come in, we, we have some good habits in our heart that then we can respond appropriately. Right. Uh, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we have to listen and, and then be very discerning. And, of course, we're going in the direction of, of – the next command: Don't cast your per pearls among the swine or the or the dogs. And that's not being mean. That just means those that are just instinctual, uh, the the you know the world system where they're just going to react off of uh, their senses without thinking about it or anything, uh, and self satisfaction and self gratification will be the results. And and perhaps a neighbor will be thought of but not until way down the line until i am well taken care of and i'm going to survive and uh not going to be the victim here and so a lot to that mental um content if you will in the sense of this discussion 
I think of uh, uh, in the Gospels uh, when Jesus is healing the lepers, and the lepers are coming to him, and and maybe that could be the you know the uh, maybe coronavirus, if you want to, is the sure. leprosy yeah, of our time. Okay, uh, yeah, exactly. And and Jesus uh, was right in amongst the lepers right. and healing them, of course. But even before that, to come back to what you just said, listening to them yes. and asking questions and uh, discerning what it is that they were thinking, what they believed, yeah, right. and, and what their faith was and that sort of thing. That's powerful, John. I didn't even think this until you brought it up. But you think about the uh, situation that, that Jesus was in, in in that time of history where there was no hospitals. Right. There, there's no health no hand system. sanitizer. How, and... how fortunate we are, yeah. Uh, no, no toilet paper. Uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, differences. But uh, at the same time, what's the similarity? Healing. Right. And how did he heal? Of course, he's now sharing uh, belief, uh, his faith to really conquer the fear that exists out there. Uh, and then, of course, through that, not only the miracle side of create or excuse me uh presenting new belief or new new perspective of god the father along with hey there is a model i am the model i'm standing right here in front of you uh that witness still exists today but in the sense of the hearts of the christian if properly practicing your faith and so but uh he 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 healed uh, those that were suffering physically, but emotionally, mentally, uh, and also through how to make choices. Uh, he did that in a way that uh, is not very relevant today, unless perhaps you're on the other side of the coin where we're now thinking about mental health and all that with coaching and, and counseling and all that. Understand that's what faith is all about when we properly understand it together and then we become an influence through that example that Jesus um uh, sh uh, showed uh, showed <laughs> that we experience in the Bible where now rather than in his physical ministry through the ministry of the Holy Spirit now uh, with Jesus there as real as he was in the sense of that time of history uh, working now with the Holy Spirit through the witness or the essence of who we are so that we can do likewise right now not only doing what we can to help with the physical healing right but also with the spiritual healing Absolutely, and they work hand in hand. I'm hoping through this time, the Christian and also those that are trying to, uh, you know, examine the faith now and really resolve some things, understand the secular and the spiritual works uh, work together. Absolutely. Genesis one one verse I used on Sunday in the message "It's Alive" said this: that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and, and so with that. In contrast, not in conflict, but in right. contrast in mind, okay, uh, we, we can uh, come together spiritually uh, with the practicality or the secular side and really make this work, uh, not just one-sided, like let's just go hide and, and let's, let's go pray and, and do nothing practically. Well, the reality is, yeah, we do have a belief, but we also have to have activity, and it's belief plus activity that equals faith. And so we have to be very aware of that, and that will conquer all as we, we 
understand that's the results not only now we're just not moving air around here you look at nature you look at history and you even look at design be it whatever design outside the human human body but i'm speaking towards how we're created in the sense of the mind the heart the choices we have to make and even the physical body the design all speaks towards that victory Mm -hmm. and we have to understand that but as i shared on sunday if you're struggling with this you have to begin believing in, in something and and that is the beginning point that you lift up and say there's stars there's something here there has to be something more than me right and that's where that begins and then of course that process begins with hopefully new energy new life even perhaps new let's say uh, energy direction and focus that then now God will lead you to the perfect model in history that shows us in our practical aspect of who we are today in our human form there was a human being and we know that was jesus the god man who gave us the the perfect model if you will or he was the perfect model in the sense of practical ministry and now on the other side we still understand that through the word of god uh, through nature and all of that and we have to discern that properly listen to uh, the experts on both sides of of the of the conversation, spiritual and secular, and then make the best decision, and and then and then that is guaranteed. The results speak for themselves. I'm not a prophet, but we know this: if we can put those patterns together and we see it through nature, history, and in the Word of God and design, it always works out. Always, and it it's a great place to be mentally when you understand that, and and in the heart. All with sensitivity, too, to others, which is part of the great commandment, yeah, love your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. That sensitivity to understanding that yeah. they may be living in a different right. perspective than you are, and their perspective is just as relevant right. as mine is, because that's where they are. You know, John, I'm gonna ask, you know, I want to say something here, and then I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to actually have you answer this, because this was a brilliant conversation we had uh, kind uh, with... Uh, uh, a narrative that sits in, in Scripture there in, in the Gospels, and, and then also some other preachers, Craig Rochelle and I, I know Henry Cloud and some other folks are speaking towards this, uh, are our go-to in the sense of uh, Dr. Lincoln. But here, here's, uh, here's the thought with what you just said, and I'm, I'm trying to bring my thoughts back. What did you just say? <laughs> About being sensitive yes. to oh, other you. people's worldview. Right. Here's here. Uh, this is all about the Great Commandment and being compassionate and truly uh, loving our neighbor as ourself. Uh, but here's the question. Uh, are you truly uh, practicing that? Because I'm seeing a lot of Christians, not only in our congregation, but uh, over the social media and, and some of the conversation, that uh, we're not really understanding what that is and leaning into it because what we're doing is we're in a very defensive right position jesus was never in a defensive position uh we do see that with peter and his immaturity mm -hmm. uh in the sense of the garden where they they're now in the wartime if you understand uh where i'm coming from here where judas walks in kisses jesus and then now jesus is being arrested and then what does the immature christian do or this person peter he goes into a defense mode and what did jesus not tell the world but told uh, shared with his closest uh, disciple get behind me satan mm -hmm. folks please hear this because you have a responsibility here and we don't follow into uh, can i say freud's 
uh, understanding. Uh, Sigmund Freud is not our model. And if you understand what I'm saying, the id, the, the ego, and the superego, uh, that Peter, at that point, if we can understand where we're at in history today, fell into that model. And Jesus told him, stop mm-hmm. and get behind me, Satan, because I'm the model. Right, and he shared that compassion. So I'm, I'm asking this uh, question, Christian: What position are you in, defensive, or are you in uh, the offensive position? And you share share that story that you shared with me, and very familiar. But I'll let you share it because it was on, it's on your heart. Well, uh, this was something that came from Craig Groeschel right. uh, this morning that I got mm-hmm. an email, and uh, of course, it's the story of of the wind and the waves uh, in the Gospels, where uh, the Jesus and the disciples are out in the boat, and there's a huge storm blowing, and and it's tossing them to and fro, and the the disciples, for lack of a better term, are freaking out. Yes. They're in panic mode, That's complete right. panic mode, and Jesus is sleeping in the boat resting. sleeping That's right. resting peacefully yes. and uh you know they're they're trying to figure out why is he resting when this is all going on and they uh they wake him up and they beg him to do something and he does he calms the storm but before he does that he asks them why are you afraid <laughs> Fear. Why so afraid? Oh, yeah, Why yeah, are you right. so afraid? And it wasn't. He wasn't rebuking their lack of faith. Uh, it wasn't that they didn't believe Jesus could save them from the storm. This is key. It was because they struggled to believe that he would see them through the storm. Through that fear. Through that fear. Because fear is reality, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. However, you have selfish fear or you have God-centered fear. And I think that's where you're going here. So you can continue with that thought. Well, and so the question that it asks here is when we find ourselves in storms that we can't control, mm-hmm. how do we respond with faith? And then he gives three ways. And, and first of all is to remember that God has power over every storm. Yes. God has power over every virus that comes up. Um, And it says, if the wind and waves don't concern him, then they shouldn't frighten you. You might not be able to change your situation, but you can choose to faithfully trust God in the middle of it. Now, one thing it does not say is that you should uh, disavow the situation, that you should ignore the situation or not be sensitive to it. Just don't be afraid of it. Relax. (laughs) Exactly. Secondly, fixing your eyes on Jesus leads to peace. And it says, are you looking at the size of the storm or turning toward the one who can calm it? It's only by focusing on God who knows every outcome that you can navigate any situation with his wisdom and peace. Yes. Just like the disciples woke up Jesus and said, do something. And he says, why are you afraid? Of course I will see you through this. I know you have one, one, but one last one here from Craig Rochelle. Let me say this, that peace, though, that's huge because if you think about it, peace is having the ability to step into chaos and bring things back to order. And that that peace only comes from from, uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the sense of of what is being implied here and being said. So peace is the goal at this point. However, if you're mature in your faith and you understand objectively as well as subjectively, then you're going to have a peace that surpasses all understanding mm-hmm. huge Absolutely. right now 
Absolutely. And that, what's that last? The third there? one is, and I love this one. Always remember, Jesus is always in your boat. Always. Always. It's easy to focus on your fears when you can't control your future. But thankfully, Jesus knows your future, and he's always by your side, and he calls you to live by faith, right. not by sight. Yeah, and he's always in your boat. boat. Uh, I'm going to give another challenge here because that means in your heart. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to ask yourself in the sense of that true relationship, is he really? Because if you're experiencing different results, uh, not in your immaturity or anything like that, but in the sense of, um, I don't remember a time that I had, I I actually asked Jesus to come into my boat or into my heart uh, because uh, it's a promise. These are promises. This is guaranteed. And so one of them thing is maybe you are being selfish and just leading you and I'll do what I want. The scripture says, get outside of that and understand what true faith is all about in the sense of who you are, your neighbor, and in the in God's plan in the sense of we do need to listen to authority. We do need to listen to direction, both on the spiritual side and the secular side. And so coming back around, make sure that your reality is that, or I encourage you to go read Matthew 7, the whole chapter, mm-hmm. to, to understand how Jesus will uh, respond to perhaps your faithfulness, perhaps in some Christian values, rather than in that personal relationship. And that is not to cause fear, but to open up our eyes in the sense of this time that we truly have to make sure that Jesus is in our boat. Because if not, uh, that reality will also become uh, part of the panic and the chaos and everything that, that is going on. And we're trying to do just the opposite. And one of the The awesome things about this time, Drake, is that we, as Christians, have the opportunity to become Jesus in the boat for other people who are searching and to present that peace, that calm that Jesus presented to other people in the midst of the storm that they're going through right now and panicking over. Um, And, you know, it's... Unfortunately, as you alluded to earlier, too many times we as Christians tend to, in times like this, hunker down. We get in that defensive mode and we we get into our little bunker and protect ourselves and hide ourselves away. Avoidance. (laughs) But, you know, and then it makes me think of in the book of James where he says, you know, you tell me you have faith. Great. Show me your faith by what you do. And we have the opportunity to do right now by serving and helping others through this time physically and spiritually without judgment. Right. But rather to be that model yes. as Jesus is, and in, even in, in the in the reality of all this, if we do have to go into an isolated situation, which uh, make sure that your support system is strong, because that's where the danger exists. Because that's where opinions, uh, negative communication, un- I should say, unhealthy in that sense, uh, where somebody who is dominant will, uh, you know, be very defensive in in their position, and then. You'll be. It's called gaslighting. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, and and they mean well, but what they do is mentally they bring you down. So make sure that you're managing all of that in in that situation. You know that and those that that statement came from Craig Grishel or actually that little devotion and message. Let me say this: I spent time with him last year personally. What a great spiritual leader! I would encourage people to kind of lean into some of these now objective leaders that are out there stepping up to the plate. We're doing the same thing the best we can in our very uh, uh, sense of reality of who we are. Um, But uh, Craig Rochelle, 
Caroline Rick, Leaf, Rick Warren, Rick Warren. Uh, let me say Timothy Keller, uh, and and some folks, even Dr. Ray Lincoln, and his sense of really understanding temperament and personality that really helps us with our. Uh, our selfishness in the sense of self-satisfaction and gratification and really bringing a good conversation with our own temperament, what that is in the sense of that there's truly two sides to who we are personally and we have to be responsible and disciplined with that. But there's many names out there that I I trust completely uh, in the external sense of who that is, but also trust your your local sources. Uh, Yes, both, both on the authority of our government and also, but I'm speaking towards the local church now. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe me, and we can give testimony together. We've got your back, absolutely. Uh, your best interest in mind, and, and sometimes maturity does lead us to make different decisions that you don't even know about. And why do we have to do this? Well, first and foremost, no, we're in that position of the great commandment. We're going to love our neighbor. Our neighbor is also those lost people as well, mm-hmm. and we're going to love them so much that. When they, when they prefer not to shake hands, please stop and, and respect right. that. And don't shake their hands. And don't judge them. As, and, Paul, <laughs> as the Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all, all people, people so that I might win some for Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Respect that. And then if they want an elbow bump, well, give them an elbow bump. Because I, I saw a little bit of defiance, a little bit of rebellion going on. Because we had church on Sunday. And, and my concern is let's make sure we're the witness rather than um, – Taking a very defense, I told you. Oh, aren't you the prophet, Christian? Right. I told you so. Well, well, yeah. Bad things are, are going to happen, but our responsibility is to, to uh, extract the goodness out of that, whatever that might be, and then be that witness uh, verbally uh, through our tone and, and through our nonverbals, where we're truly loving our neighbor as ourselves. And with ful- God, and, and then others. fulfilling the Great Commission. Yeah, there you go. There's the Great yeah. Commission, right? We have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have to be discerning. We have to be discreet about it. But we're making choices to go. And right now we're in a conversation. What can our church do, Elevating Life Church, to truly expand the light in the sense of how can we help the hurting and the suffering in this point? Because we know those that live moment by moment or paycheck by paycheck, uh, that's a, be the hospitality industry and stuff, they're going to need some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, financially, uh, they're going to need to be coached or counsel. So we're trying to uh, put a model in place now in this wartime that we can really be a benefit to our community and truly be the, the light uh, on, on that hill that we're truly adding value uh, through the offensive position we're right. taking rather than being defensive and killing everybody off, right? right. So, so yes, uh, Craig Rochelle and all that, uh, just great. So well, and go just ahead. Follow up on your thought there. Yeah. Um, uh, so we as, as churches across this country have had to do, we've had to make some decisions, yes. uh, postpone some things, cancel some things, yeah. change our model, not for eternity but for the time being right. because of the situation that we're in yeah and and the and the and the excuse me the command that comes to mind here is uh, love your enemy <laughs> in the sense of what this all is and the enemy isn't necessarily just the people in fact most time it's not it's those invisible things that we can't see yes the virus but even the the negativity and the defense of all this and so that comes back around well to love your enemy properly you have to be creative 
Mm-hmm. We we have to be uh, thinking outside the box now. We've been talking about for five years how important this is, but with that model in place, with those directions and commands, and we're going to do the best we can to make sure everyone uh, is uh, taking care of the best that they can be taken care of in the situation. What we can do, we only have uh, so much knowledge and understanding and resources, but of course we're going to lean into that and we're going to be very creative. And we don't even know what that looks like at this point. Uh, and and on on where I'm sitting, it's going to be very interesting and and even challenging. But at the same time, we can we can make the best of that by having fun with it as well uh, in this very difficult time. Well, and uh, something you mentioned before we started recording that I want to come back to, and this is Jesus said this. He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And there are some very definite things right now that our government has said, here are the new guidelines for the time being. No more than 10 people, et cetera, et cetera, which we have to adhere to. We could try to be uh, rebellious and say, no, we're going to do it our way, but rather. (laughs) But rather, out of sensitivity, yes, we are going to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, while at the same time rendering unto God what is God's. Right, and and that's witness. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's huge that we are now the true model on both sides of the secular part of that conversation and the spiritual. And if it's only one-sided and we're just going to, uh, you know, be defiant to whatever. Listen, folks, uh, render to Caesar means this. Actually, how do you know if you have a challenge uh, with this particular command? Well, you're mumbling, you're griping, and you're complaining all the time. That doesn't sound like Jesus to me, John. I don't no. Know. So, so what is the 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 opposing? What is the Christ trait then? Well, uh, that is truly putting proper, uh, let's say, thought through this, and truly being. Uh, I'm, I'm, what's that character trait? I'm trying to get to it. But it's, there's a trait that really says, okay, we're not going to gripe. We're going to have healthy conversations and make this work and not gripe about the government and, and the authorities, uh, be it whatever the authorities. Because people are – we're experiencing that. You know, who's, who's, who do you think you are? Even uh, the church authority. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's, there's, a, there's a lot to that. But uh, render to Caesar is, is, first and foremost, if that's not in place, you're going to find yourself mumbling and grumbling and just complaining about everything, every decision. And, and that's not helping. That's, right. Again, gaslighting comes to mind with that. And, and stop. Just stop. <laughs> so with that, some of the decisions that uh, we've had to make at Elevating Life Church, number one, uh, starting this Sunday, we're going with online services only because you can't have more than 10 people in anyway that's right and so in order to serve in the best way possible under the circumstances we're going to online services only that's right uh, and and the expectation at this point is eight weeks that could be less it could be more who knows but yes so we're not going to just stop and go in hiding we're going to be creative with this uh, with the good information that we have and and make that uh, the best situation that's one thing yes well and then a huge event that we do each year is the Easter egg drop which right. we have thousands and thousands of kids come and we drop eggs from a helicopter and that was supposed to happen here in a few weeks obviously we can't do that because of the situation right right now right but i love the way you told me before we went on air we are going to reschedule that do it after this is all finished 
as a celebration. That's right. Yeah, as a celebration. I'm even thinking of Easter as well, where Easter, you know, it's it's, it does, it's not dependent on one day. So <clears throat> whenever that time comes, what does that look like in, in the sense of a celebration? Uh, because uh, death will be conquered here. Life will be uh, raised again, and, and we will have a new life. And so that's going to be uh, almost a perfect situation in really celebrating what true Easter, what that really is for uh, us and in the Christian faith. Absolutely. So um, please do not choose to look at this time as a time of death, but rather uh, coming back to your message on Sunday, the title of it from the old Frankenstein movie, It's Alive, as a time of life, true yes. life. Right, an opportunity. Uh, and and not stepping away, there is fear there. We get that. But as we've already shared, you can have fear and selfishness, or we can fear God in the sense of being God-centered, and then through that, uh, truly uh, being mentored through good information and trusting uh you know resource our sources and channels so yeah there's there's much to it but know that this is a time of opportunity uh for the church and and for the christian faith uh never uh presented in in our generation not like this anyway i think right. in 9 11 but uh that that was something that was at least we we had some knowledge within a couple of days what that was going to look like this is this is different this is interesting <laughs> yeah it's a roller coaster yeah who knows yeah absolutely well uh if you have any questions or comments or uh want to get in touch with us i certainly encourage you to send us an email at wonderfully weird living at gmail.com and we would love to hear your thoughts on all of this uh what is it uh what do you believe uh through this time or maybe you're out there listening you happen to stumble across this podcast and you're wondering what it means to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, and you have questions about that, we would love to have the opportunity to uh, visit with you about that and and uh, maybe help you understand why Jesus was resting peacefully in the front of the boat during the storm. Yes, and, and hope, love, and, and even fear fits into this time so just stay focused on that model as this crazy spirit energy is trying to trying to be uh maintained and and controlled which is it's just not reality at this point but just know that love hope and faith uh, is what's going to truly get us through together as we truly are influencers toward god's word and also through his witness yeah, amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, a little bit different format for the podcast today, but we're in a little bit different time this week as well. So uh, I want to thank pastor, author, speaker, Drake Hunter for uh, your insight and your heart this morning. Thank you for sharing. And and uh, I know that as senior pastor at Elevating Life Church, there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders as always, but even more <laughs> yes. right now with all of this. And, and uh, uh, you are proving yourself to be the leader we know that you are well, thank as you're you. <laughs> leading through with uh, uh, that peace and that calm yeah. that Jesus uh, exhibited in the front yeah. of the boat. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. For Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. Just know that we love you. We may not know who you are, but we love you so much. And uh, we pray for you daily. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week. 
Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.